Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons, your host, and I'm so glad that you have joined me today because we're now into the midst of a new year. And in fact, we're celebrating liturgically ordinary time again during this kind of interesting transition between celebrating the great feast of Christmas and before we begin the great season of Lent. And many times what I've found is that we'll begin a new year calendar-wise, and I'll be very excited and motivated about all the ways that I want to try and do better and work harder to become more fully who God created me to be or to do things differently that'll help me do that. And you get settled in and then you find that life happens and things kind of seem tiresome or maybe even painful because of things that might be going on around you or in your life or in the life of someone that you love. So what do we do? What do we do in order to be able to persevere in the midst of these challenges? Well, that's a part of what I focus on this week, but I also strive to help you be able to rediscover your why. Why are we on this journey? What are we about and how? can we, again, persevere on this journey so that we can become those saints that God created us to be. So I hope that you enjoy this episode, and I will see you on the flip side. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here with just a quick reminder that you can find the entire full-length episode of this podcast on your favorite streaming platform. So I host it on Anchor, but you can also find it, of course, on Apple iTunes and also Spotify and all the numerous other platforms that are out there that are streaming podcasts now. So go and check it out. So our food for the head today comes from St. Isidore. Of Seville. And St. Isidore tells us, reading the Holy Scriptures confers two benefits. It trains the mind to understand them. It turns man's attention from the follies of the world and leads him to the love of God. Two kinds of study are called for here. We must first learn how the Scriptures are to be understood, and then see how to expound them with profit and in a manner worthy of them. No one can understand Holy Scripture without constant reading. The more you devote yourself to the study of the sacred utterances, the richer will be your understanding of them. So just as the more the soil is tilled, the richer the harvest. So 
the question very simply to begin is, how often are you reading Holy Scripture? One of the greatest gifts to our church, particularly um, here in the United States and in Canada, the English-speaking world, has been the work that has been done by Jeff Cavins and Scott Hahn, uh, which is, you know, has emerged to be the Great Adventure Bible Timeline in particular, uh, Jeff Cavins. And then last year, um, you had Father Mike Smith, who partnered with uh, Jeff Cavins, to do the Bible in a Year podcast. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to do, to hear Scripture proclaimed, and then to be able to have a short reflection on what was read that day, and then also to just continue to immerse yourself in sacred scripture. So that's one of the things that St. Isidore speaks about, is that we we have to uh, be constantly reading. So, and <clears throat> reading can be done in numerous ways. So many people love audiobooks because they're reading, but they're listening to it. And for people who are especially um, audio learners, then this is a great blessing indeed. But the fact is, is that the more you devote yourself to this practice, the richer your understanding is going to grow. And one of the big things that I can admit is that I don't read scripture enough, or at least in my opinion. And so we need to be looking at ourselves when we assess ourselves. How often am I reading sacred scripture? How often am I opening the living word? We need to have a clear view and not our kind of skewed perception. Because, for example, I was thinking, I don't read Holy Scripture a lot. But then I realized that every day I'm spending time in daily prayer and meditation with the scriptures of the day. So I am opening and reading Holy Scripture. Now, whether or not I'm studying it, that's a whole different endeavor. And St. Isidore speaks about it. So, but in order to be able to study scripture properly, we need to first learn how the scriptures are to be understood. And this is where the mind of the church helps us. Because unlike our Protestant brethren, having you know been raised Presbyterian and very much was into scripture and reading it, it was such a joy and a comfort to be given parameters upon which it was that I should enter into reading of scripture. Number one, the fact is, is that it is a living word. It is going to, as Isaiah says, go out and bear fruit. It never returns to God without it bearing fruit. So the fact is, is that it's a living word. So it's going to speak to us differently today than it might yesterday or tomorrow. And the main reason, of course, is because we are different and God is hopefully transforming us and helping us be able to become different so that when we hear his word, we'll respond, hopefully, with more obedience, with humility, with, with saying yes, which is what Say Yes to Holiness is all about. But it's also, so it's the living word, but then it's also about focusing upon, you know, as a former pastor of mine once said, the Holy Scriptures are inherent, are, in, are without, without any, um, I just lost it. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, the scriptures are true and without error when they're talking about what they're talking about. 
So I finally figured, I finally remembered the quote. So the scriptures are true and without error when they're speaking about what they're speaking about. And what does scripture speak about? Well, it's not talking about the geography. It's not talking about the history. It's not talking about you know medical practices or what we should be eating, even though there's lots of books and people who have you know I mean and there's there's things that are good that come out of looking at that, but the fact still is that the scriptures are true and without error when they're speaking about what they're speaking about and what they're talking about is God's relationship with us. God's love relationship with each one of us. That's what scripture is talking about. So when we come to study scripture and we have this understanding that it's a living word and that what is true and without error is when scriptures are speaking about God's relationship with us, then we're able to truly be transformed and profit from them in a manner worthy of them, as St. Isidore says. So we need to just persevere. And as we do, you know, the richer our understanding will be. But we have to remember that we're not supposed to be just growing in understanding. This isn't just like a degree in, in sacred scripture, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, to get degrees in sacred scripture. Believe me, we need scripture scholars. But for us, in particular, as we try to grow in understanding, it's about increasing our ability to be able to understand and apply those scriptures, that living word, in our daily life. That is what it's about. That is why we need to immerse ourselves in sacred scripture. But we got to spend the time. So that's the thing for today. Think about, am I spending the time? Our food for the heart comes from Thomas Akempis. He writes, Nothing is sweeter than love. Nothing stronger, nothing higher, nothing more generous, nothing more pleasant. Nothing fuller or better in heaven or on earth, for love proceeds from God and cannot rest but in God above all things created. I think if each of us has had an experience of true love in their life, then you never accept anything less. You know what is lacking. You feel the lack of it. You sense the lack of it. You can see the lack of it. And Thomas Akempis is telling us that there is nothing stronger, higher, more generous, more pleasant, fuller, or better in heaven or on earth than love. And God is love. John tells us in the beginning of his gospel, you know, the word was made flesh and also in John's Gospel, we're told that God is love. And this is what we have to remember, is that all love proceeds from God, and it can only rest in Him. Love can't find true rest in any created thing. But how often do we do that? How often do we look to, for example, go out for a walk, and, you know, to be in nature and to find peace. And we do find peace. But do we truly find rest, full rest? 
and that is what Thomas Akempis is speaking of here. Define that rest. So we'll try to do, you know find rest, you know, in other things that we do that bring us joy and satisfaction. And again, these things are not bad in of themselves, but we have to remember that they all should be pointing us towards the very one whom we should be seeking to rest in always. And this is God. But again, we try to find rest in other things other than God, don't we? I know I do. I'll look from, you know, to everything from chocolate almonds, uh, to binge watching a TV show, to checking my uh, messages from friends on social media, rather than looking to rest in God, rather than looking to rest in true love. And, you know, then I kind of look around and I wonder maybe why I'm kind of struggling with being restless or discouraged or not really experiencing peace. Well, it's because I'm seeking comfort, I'm seeking to rest in something other than God. And this is why we remember the wisdom of Thomas Akempis. And it should help us, I would hope, to resolve to seek out true love and not any cheap imitation. So this is our challenge. What are we finding rest in? Are we finding rest in love, which is greater and stronger and higher and more generous and more pleasant and more fuller and better in heaven or on earth than anything else? That's the question. Our food for the hands comes from St. Dominic. He writes, Nothing seems tiresome or painful when you are working for a master who pays well, who rewards even a cup of cold water given for love of him. Hey, let's be honest. Doing work is hard. It's hard to motivate ourselves. It's hard to do things really uh, to the best of our abilities to not kind of go, oh, it's good enough and slack off a little bit. I know I do this at times, but, you know, at, even at times it can be real tiresome or even painful. Um, I mean, I enjoy gardening, uh, particularly I, I love to plant flowers and to tend to flowers throughout the growing season. Well, it's real painful in the beginning to have to go out and till the soil and get the soil ready to be able to plant the flowers. And it can actually be tiresome to go out and to pull weeds in order to make sure that the flowers have all the nourishment that they need and they're not overrun by the weeds. And, you know, at times it's just real tiresome and it can be painful. And that's the nature of work. God told Adam, hey, now when you toil, it's going to be by, you know, when you get something, it's going to be by the sweat of your brow, um, and it's going to be hard. But that doesn't mean that we can't find joy in it. And how do we find joy in our work? Well, one of the main reasons that we can find joy is in remembering who are we doing the work for. For me, when I am tending a garden, when I am, you know, trying to bring flowers and, and to bring that beauty, it is my way of being able to add beauty to the world around me, to be able to showcase all of God's glory. And it brings me great joy to be able to kind of add to the, the picture 
of you know God's creation in my own little space of a flower garden. And you know one of the things that we have to always keep in mind though is you know as I said who is it that we're working for? We're working for our Lord. And you know Peter you know um, in when uh, Jesus asked him the question who do you say that I am? And Peter you know he says you are the Lord and we have to make this declaration too. We have to be willing to say each and every day, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my master. Now, we're privileged and blessed that he calls us friends and we can claim friendship with him. So it's not this you know, subservient slave master relationship, but rather it's one in which we're collaborating in which we're coming alongside and where Jesus will bear the hardest part of the toil. When the cross gets really hard, Jesus will bear it and take the brunt of it for us. But it's something where we have to say, Lord, this is for you. And if we are really finding work to be tiresome and painful and discouraging, we might want to look and say, who am I doing this for? Am I doing this for you know, myself, for my own aggrandizement, for my own glory? Or am I doing this because this is exactly where God placed me? That this is exactly where my passion and the needs of the world cross. That's where our vocation is. So the question is, are we willing to declare that Jesus is Lord? Even when we might have to deny ourselves, even when we might have to take up our crosses and follow him, regardless of what we might have to do, are we willing to do that? And, you know, that's something that we have to remember, is that why is it worth working for the master that we work for? Because we have a master who not just calls us friends, but he pays well. So even if we only offer a cup of cold water, he repays that cup of cold water in abundance. Recently, we had the great, you know, um, story of the wedding feast at Cana and where Jesus turns the water into wine. And the key, one of the key takeaways from that is the fact that our Lord always responds in abundance. So if we bring as, um, you know, uh, our, our loaves and fishes, then what happens? We get a miracle in which many, 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 many people benefit. So we have to be willing to remember that our Lord, our Master, is a God of abundance. He desires for us to live lives of abundance as well. And that's why when we do the work, He's going to give us abundant pay for the work that we do, even if it might be tiresome or painful. So we need to say yes to doing the work and to remember that we're going to reap abundantly from all the work that we do. Our food for the feet comes from Padre Pio. And St. Padre Pio tells us, Pray that God will console you when you feel the burden of the cross. For in doing so, you are in no way acting against the will of God but you are placing yourself beside the Son of God who asked his Father during the agony in the garden to send him some relief. 
But if he is not willing to give it, be ready to pronounce the same fiat, so be it, that Jesus did. Part of us taking up the cross is to feel his burden, is to feel the heaviness, is to feel the painfulness, is to feel the difficulty of being able to carry it. For me, I know that when I have been recovering from shoulder surgery, um, I have felt pain. And some days are better than others, and, and some nights had been better than others too. And praise God, I have been bearing this cross and it's getting getting much more better, yeah, much more better, <laughs> much better. So the reality though is, is that a lot of work had to go into getting to where I am today. And that's where Jesus will walk with us. Is that, you know, when we needed to ask for relief from pain and discomfort, uh, from discouragements, from absolute suffering, when we turn to our Lord, we're not acting against God's will in that moment. Rather, we've gotten to the very limit of what we can do. And God is glad that we are turning to him. But many times we'll turn to him and we'll say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. Help me. And then it seems like he isn't responding. And I get that. It can be hard because our prayers aren't instantly answered like an ATM. You know, we don't put our card in and punch in our code and then we get money out. That's not, you know, we don't put our prayers in and then we, we get our responses. Rather, God works in his time. And what I have been given the grace to come to understand is that if that response doesn't come immediately, then it's an opportunity for me to grow in trust. And, you know, what what is that? So kind of going back to what Padre Pio was saying about the fact of, if God is not willing to give you relief, then still be ready to pronounce the same fiat, the same so be it that Jesus did in the garden. So remember, Jesus is in the garden, and he says, Lord, if this cup can pass me by, please do. Please have it pass by. Please don't let me have to pick this up. If it's your will. Well, we know that it was God's will that it didn't pass by. And Jesus had to take the cup and he had to drink of it, all of it. And it was a heavy burden for it indeed. But the fact is, is that it, we have to trust in the same way. That if we are given consolation, if we're given relief in some way, then that is what I need in that moment. But if I'm not, then I have the opportunity to be able to say yes, to give my fiat in that moment, just like Jesus did, to the fact of, no, this cup isn't going to pass me by. No, I'm going to have to continue to bear this burden. And this is how we grow in God's grace in both virtue and holiness in the midst of our daily life. God is giving us many, many opportunities each and every day to say yes or no to whatever is happening. And it's especially when things aren't going the way that we would like, 
um, you know, or the ways that we have chosen, or the way in ways that we can't change, or ways that we don't understand. These are the moments where we can grow in trust. These are the moments where we can truly be bearing our cross and helping Jesus bear his. Because by bearing ours just a little bit more, we give encouragement to the body of Christ. And who is the body of Christ? The head of the body of Christ? It would be Jesus. So when we are offering our suffering in union with his, we are helping him. Yeah, it's this whole kind of mind-blowing, you know, understanding of how time, you know, works. Because we look at time in a linear fashion when time is eternally present. But I digress. So the fact is, is that when we give our yes, when we say yes, give our fiat like Jesus and Mary did, and like all the saints who have come before us and who come after us, to every event and circumstance that's happening in our daily life, then we say yes to God's power and his grace moving in our lives and the end result is that he will transform each and every one of us that's the reality but we have to be willing to deny ourselves we have to be willing to take up our cross and follow him we have to be willing to trust that all things do work for the good and we have to trust that we have a generous master, a God who loves us beyond measure, because each and every one of us is special in his eyes, because he created each of us. And that's a story that we find in scripture. And that's why we read sacred scripture. But we have to be willing to say yes. We have to be willing to living out each and every day to the fullness that we can. All those things that we do not like, did not choose, cannot change, and don't understand. When we do this, then we truly are able to be transformed. And God will do miracles in our lives and in the lives of those we love. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, the first one is to spend more time with scripture. Um, one of the great resources we have available to us in our church today is the Bible in a Year podcast that is being done. So perhaps that is one way that you can break open scripture more intentionally each and every day. But make a resolution to spend more time with Holy Scripture. Another is to think about and to give thanks for the blessing of having a master who pays well. In other words, resolve to focus upon God's goodness and his care for you, even in the midst of difficult times, painful times. And tied to this might be a resolution to accept without complaining all those things that you do not like, cannot change, did not choose, and don't understand. So those three should be really good resolutions to help you be able to persevere and get through these times when they might seem that life is pretty tiresome and painful.
Hello, Christina Simmons here, and I just want to make you aware of an opportunity that is going on now, and it is the Say Yes to Holiness weekly live YouTube show. So every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Central, I go live and I answer your questions in real time, but I give you just a short little teaching, uh, talk about a topic that people have asked me about or have expressed interest in. And I do that in really 15 minutes or less. So if you're looking for just some short inspiration and encouragement to accompany you on the journey that I really encourage you to go and check out the Say Yes to Holiness YouTube channel. You can find a link for it in the show notes, but you can also go to YouTube and just do a search for the Say Yes to Holiness YouTube channel. I hope to see you on a Tuesday at 12 p.m. Central. God bless. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.